Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... It's been, let's see, we're, we're recording this on a Friday night, and it's been five days since you just finished a, a pretty damn good run uh, in Florida. So so how are you grasping it now? What what are kind of just the, the feelings of, I just won two challengers back-to-back weeks on completely different surfaces. How are you kind of taking that all in at this point? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm just taking it week by week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm really happy I, I fought through those. Those two tournaments never easy, but uh, but I I'm confident that I just I just took a couple of days to rest and uh, recover the body a little bit, and then uh, Wednesday I I started I'm just doing fitness down here for a week, just getting the racket out of hands a little bit, just pushing it hard in the gym, so it gets the mind off a little bit too, but uh, still working hard. But I I definitely just I'm just looking forward to the next tournaments already. <laughs> You're young. I mean, very young. So how, where did it come from, you know, this idea? I mean, it was one of the toughest things for me. And I know a lot of players is kind of back-to-back weeks is, is gotta be one of the toughest things in tennis. And I think people from other sports don't really understand that. So is it your conditioning? Is it the mental? What got you through that second week? Yeah, it's never easy. I'd, I'd say, I'd say my mental improvement definitely is the biggest thing that, that got me through that. And like, you know, like the, I mean, it is never back to back weeks, never easy, like change of surface. But, uh, but I mean, also I, I feel like my physicality's in, uh, improved a lot this year too, since, since 2019, since last year. So that, uh, I just feel like both those things that consistently improving helps me get through those weeks consistently like that. I want to, I want to kind of go back to that 2018, 2019 period. You, you first had an interaction with Noah. Um, I believe it was Stockton, right? The, the yeah. two of you, you played. I yeah, yep. I, I have a feeling, Jensen, having talked to you a little bit over the last few weeks, that I, I, I imagine your brain knows that match relatively well. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think it was two and four, if I don't remember. I remember a lot of stuff, I feel like. But. <laughs> I sadly don't remember the score. I mean, yeah, I understand. I mean, but I've, I've heard rumors about your brain as well, so I'm interested to see how it works. <laughs> so so we'll, you, we'll find out. You you had and, and you and I talked about this after you won Orlando. You had these opportunities very early in your career at, at 16, 17, where you had the opportunity to play at challenger level, be it qualifying, be it main draw. How much did those opportunities to play at that level at that age, what what did that do for you? And how did it kind of change um, how you viewed yourself as a tennis player? 
th those opportunities were really important because I was, I was used to playing a lot of junior tournaments, but even at that age, like you said, to have, like, I didn't play a lot of, a lot of challenger matches, but I definitely got some chances to play at, play at tournaments at that level. I, I could see even back then my, my game, I felt was ready for those matches and it, it just gave me confidence, even though like my body especially wasn't ready for that level consistently or or mentally but it, I, I had confidence that my game was there and that I, I could just keep improving the game over time along with the the, the other sides as well and then it, it does definitely helped me give confidence into this year in my first pro year my first whole year as a pro and like like I can summon the past like I, I know the game's there and I feel like I'm such a better player all around than I am then so it just gives a lot of confidence for sure and and going to like a, a Kalamazoo title, you know, something like that, where obviously the spotlight's on you. And, and, you know, Mike and I have spoken about this a little bit. You know, we don't believe that you kind of got the respect that you deserved at that point necessarily. I, you know, speaking to other guys that have been in those shoes and what people kind of the level that they were on, you know, yeah. Do you think you're getting the respect now that you may not have gotten, you know, a few years back? Is that fair to say? Did you feel that after you won that title or what were the emotions kind of during that time? Yeah. I mean, more so now I, I think, I think I have it. Yeah. I, I, I usually don't like worry about that stuff, but I, I feel like I have more respect now after I've had such a consistent, consistent start to this year, like, and all, all the tournaments have been, you know, like pretty, pretty good results for sure. And uh, so I, I feel like just the consistency of it rather than just like that Kalamazoo then and, uh, and like the U.S. Open run, but like nothing after. Like, so it was like it gets out of people's minds, I feel like. But now that I've brought it consistently, I feel like I've gotten more respect. Yeah. And obviously there was a break in between that, not one you wanted to take necessarily. But, you know, <laughs> did that damper the mood? Let's say, you know, you had the success, you were going into it and then boom, injury. Does that take you motivation wise kind of out of the game what were your thoughts during that time period it was it was tougher for sure because i, I knew in 2019 i even after the us open like cause i only played the houston event mm -hmm. and the rest of the year but even before that there was there were there were injury issues i like i knew my my level was still feeling good i was still competing pretty high but i just didn't get to play that many tournaments like i remember i played sarasota i think it was in april the yeah, challenger right i, I play many challenger matches in general anything really and then I, and I remember it was against Polanski late in the third. I, uh, I hurt, I, I had an injury there, but, uh, but, uh, oh, what was it? What was the original question again? No, just how, kind of how you felt motivation wise, taking that injury timeout as we can call it, and then yeah. going into kind of the success now, you know, how'd you get through it? So, it wasn't easy. I mean, I, I knew I, I knew I had the level there. The U.S. Open really proved it in my mind. Like I can really compete with these top guys, and I, I, I just I was I was motivated to show I could do it more consistently. Even though then I'm, I'm for sure, especially physically, it improved a lot since since then too. So I, it gives me even. I mean, it's it's never easy during it's a lot it's a lot of long period of time where I wasn't able to play. I was out, but. But through it, you know, I just tried to keep getting better however I could in certain areas. And it's helpful to have a good team around me to help uh, help keep me positive and, and motivated. And then once I was able to so – I actually started with the UTR tournament first in January. But I, I, I was motivated to – that I was such a long time off. I was motivated to – like I felt like I had a point to prove to people and, and to myself especially. 
and I, I feel like I've done a good job so far, but it's it's just still just a few months. So I hope to hope to continue it. So um, Noah and I did an episode uh, that we recorded Sunday night. We invited listeners to kind of ask questions about the the last couple weeks, and as you might imagine, we got a lot of questions about Jensen Brooksby. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of want to go into some of those topics that we we talked about, and and one of them was. The idea, Jensen, for you of self-belief, because you you and I talked about this as well off off mic of of this idea that you're you're constantly on this edge, right, of consistently showing outwardly how much you believe in yourself and how much you back yourself, and then every once in a while you kind of go over to the other side, right, and just have that moment of you know God, why am I doing this? And you'll you'll say that out loud, and I I guess what I want to ask you is. Where does that self-belief come from? Um, how how do you keep it for yourself considering so many players struggle with that mental side of the game? Yeah, I, I believe it comes mostly from just from, from the work I've put in and just the culture of our academy back home, how we train and how the, with my with my coach, just just the mindset we we ingrain just not in just the training, but in life too, really, I feel like is and, and like, obviously sometimes some people don't let out any emotion, but I feel like even when I go on the frustrated end, when I just, when I let out a little burst like that, it helps, it helps me refocus and get just more energized. And I, I can, I can summon it back like the next point. Like it doesn't really affect me for usually like a, like a long period of time. If I do that, it just, it gets me refocused. Like I, I knew I was doing the wrong thing, but then the positive side too, I just, just letting those things out just really helps me focus and, and then my, my self-belief has been as high too. Yeah. And, and kind of going into your training a little bit, obviously, you know, the person that comes to mind initially when I thought Jensen Brooksby was Colin Osmerano, you know, that was obviously starting with the training. He's my age played against yep. him a few times. And there are definitely similarities in the idea that when you guys both come to mind, textbook tennis to some extent comes to mind as well, where you're just going to be a nightmare to play against. You're going to make, you know, literally it's going to be a living nightmare and any mistake that I make is you're going to put it right back in my face and kind of thing. And, you know, how has that affect you seeing kind of his early success and then you kind of taking it to the next level? Um, talk about that. And obviously the same coach that you, that you guys worked with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, seeing the the early success he had, it it gave me more confidence that once once I got to that age, I could I could I could do the same at least, if not better. I mean, I I had I had belief in my game and what the stuff I stuff I was doing, but for sure, seeing him have those results and like like he had been with Joseph for for a long time as well, and I've I've been with him since I was seven, and we've we've been nonstop at it since, and I appreciate it for that because it's hard hard to find for that long of a time with the same same coach but it definitely gave me a lot of belief that I could do it what are the things that you've learned from him um and and just the the relationship that he's had with Joseph and and how they've worked what are the positive things you've learned from that and maybe what are some of the um I guess the the missteps that they've had you know Colin's obviously struggling a little bit with his ranking right now so how do you take some of the things that have happened to him negatively and and use them to your benefit yeah, I, cause yeah, I mean, yeah, Collins like besides me, he's been with Joe by far the longest, like like pretty much his whole whole career. Like so, like, uh, like I I see what uh, I, I see what goes on, and I I definitely like 
I, I see and I try to learn and not make the same same mistakes. And especially, especially mentally, I feel like like I I always like like because Joe always pushes me. Like it's it's he pushes me tough, but it's because he wants the best for me. So it's it's keeping that in mind. It, it's it's mentally like having a bigger goal in mind too. Like even in like the training when your mind wants to go off a little bit or something, but you always have the have the bigger goal in mind. I feel like so just mentally realizing why like Joseph Joe's he's putting in hard work for no doubt as well like me. So uh, I I just try to learn from the mistakes and also from the positives. So I, I see them both, and I always just. Try, try to do as many positives as I can with Joe. And I feel like it's, it's getting a lot better over the last year. So, improving. so I, I completely agree with that. I, I think one of the things that I think about when I think about the both of you and you guys both have that reputation of being verbal on the court. Um, and, and I think you understand that that's a, a pretty complex question, Jensen, because there's always that idea of gamesmanship, right? And there's the complicated, you want to back yourself, support yourself, and you know that opponents, it gets in their head, and a lot of them will get frustrated and might have a negative opinion about you, Jensen. So, um, I have to say, all day, baby, made my week. <laughs> It, it literally it made my entire week and we joked about it too because again people have you know brought up questions about you and everything and, yeah. and we initially said that um you know how how weak tennis players are if all day baby is really what throws them over the edge and they have more problems to begin with and you're just kind of right you know yeah. but um yes i i, I had to say that so so how do you how do you deal with that because i think you know even though this is that first pro year for you it's a it's a difficult sport to you know to be traveling alone by yourself a lot of the time and and you want to make sure you don't offend people but that's such a crucial part of your game so how are you finding that balance and and how do you find what's most important to you in that regard yeah i mean what what's most important to me about that is what's going to make me the best player honestly so i feel like that's going to so that that is a big, big part of I mean it helps me stay in the zone I don't really I don't really care what the other players think I mean I, I'm, it's nothing I mean when I do that it's never personal I do that every match it's not like I'm, I'm looking in their face and throwing come-ons it's always towards myself or towards my coach or it, it, towards my 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 self-belief and my attitude it's never towards an opponent I mean if someone if someone did the same to me I'd be like you know all right like I, I wouldn't complain and I, I'm, I'm not going to worry about what they think or even what other people think in general. And I want to do what's going to make me the best player. And I, that's how we, it's our culture, how we train back in the academy from the points back home. And I'm, I'm used to it. So I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm doing it, doing the same. It's, it's a really interesting, you know, big quest, big picture question, Jensen, because I, I said on our podcast this past week that regardless of what other, you know, other players might think. Those type of things in, in today's culture, I mean, that's what can bring people into the game, right? Like, I remember, for me, I'm 83 years old, right? But for me, like, seeing John McEnroe and how he was back in the day as somebody who doesn't have tennis in my family at all, like, that was like, holy cow, look at this guy talking trash and, like, you know, yelling at people. And I was just like, this is really interesting, and I, and I find myself wondering with you, because I don't think there's nearly the negative side that McEnroe brings with it, right? That's not you at all. No. But I, I, I find myself wondering, do you, do you have that 
thought process of like, if I'm that kind of active and um, in, in a way aggressive and vocal, that it also has the ability to draw in younger fans? Does that even resonate with you at all? I mean, to be honest, I've, I've never really thought about it, but uh, I mean, I, I feel like people should support someone that's that's just giving their best on every point and is doing whatever whatever it takes to win, frankly. So, I mean, I, I would hope that they see like how much like even if it doesn't lo always look like it, I definitely always I have I have fun in the competing moments. It, like it I, does I, look I, like it. It does look okay. like it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good, because Good, it is. And I, I hope whether it's younger kids or any fans in general, they would they would be like, wow, this guy's competing for every point. And they, they, you know, hopefully would cheer for that and cheer for me. So that's that's what I would hope. Yeah, I think, you know, for us, I mean, you could watch Sports Center and watch basketball and everybody's chirping every I just think tennis needs a little bit more of it. You know, I think there, you know, yeah. there is room for it. And I, I believe me, I've been. I agree. Yeah. Called an asshole and, and well, you know, I, and I probably deserve it. But you it more are an times, asshole. You are an I know, asshole. I know. We got, this is, we've done that podcast already. We've done that. This is for Jensen. But I'm, it's just, <laughs> you know, but it's just like, you know, sometimes I actually get tired from it when I'm two hour, but I, it does. It's nice. It's fun. It gets the excitement going. I see where the fans are into it. So, you know, I think once you play some of the bigger matches and you see how people react to it, I'm sure it will start to resonate with you a little bit of how this can really draw in a, a new fan in tennis. I mean, we need this. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember in 2019 back when you had full crowds in the US Open. I mean, obviously <laughs> it's home crowd, but still, I, I feel like it, it would be good, but yeah, I, th I think it. I think it needs more of it too. I mean, it's not like every single point, every single set. I'm, I'm doing it. Like, I mean, in the first set against Rotangelo, I, I feel like I just played a really, really solid set, just doing the right things, like at a really high percentage, and I, I didn't have to do too much. But, but I have that. I have that in me that I can. I still bring out often and need to. So it's, I feel like it's a good mix. Like it's not like I don't feel like I'm an asshole. I, you're, you're definitely not. That's that's, that's entirely okay. Noah. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Okay. Um, so I, I got a question, Jensen, from a fellow broadcaster who just, you know, texted me and he said, what, what do you think Jensen's ceiling is? What do you, what do you think that top level is? And I, I've really struggled with this because, um, and this kind of goes back to what Noah was saying early with, with you, it's not one of those, you're not flashy necessarily, right? You don't have that dramatic power that's going to blow somebody off of court. You don't have that massive serve. In fact, I, I think that serve is still kind of that improving part of your game, something that needs some work, right? Yeah. And, and I found myself saying to this person, I, I could see a really high ceiling, but I can't, I can't quantify it. I can't point to something and say, this is why I know this person will make a lot of money. And, I, and I'm wondering what you think it is for you. What is that thing that's going to get you to that upper level of our sport? I, I feel like it's, it's continuing to improve the things that are already my strengths as well as, as, well as improving the areas. Like I, I know, yeah, the, the, serve, the serve I need to improve first and second. There's, there's more areas I can get comfortable for sure in my game. And I, I feel like just the fact that I'm, like I'm honestly just really driven to improve all of the all around things to get up there will be a really big factor. And I, I mean, I'm definitely putting a lot of work in the gym to improve the serve and everything, you know, like we, I analyze it really well. I just feel like my, my work ethic is, is real high. And I feel like, I feel like my ceilings, like I don't, I don't put limits on it. 
And and in limits, do you not put short-term limits? Obviously, everybody has goals, and you kind of had this great start to the year coming in with the challengers, but are there short-term goals like, hey, I want to quarter an ATP or, or something like that, send me an ATP or something like that, or nothing? Yeah, I mean, really nothing. I mean, I, I don't I don't really set set goals for everything. I mean, I mean, it's as simple as try try to win every match I, I step on court because I, I feel like it would put added – added pressure myself and get my mind off from the things I need to focus on. If I really set ranking goals or like how well to do in a tournament. So I don't really, I don't really think of, of those things. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of take us, you know, this, this is about at our 20 minutes that we talked about. And, you know, you seem very professional right now. Like in, in, in our interactions, you are very like locked in and you say the right things. And so I'm, I'm wondering, even when I asked you about like celebrations after your two titles, I'm going to go back into the gym and I'm going to work and I'm just like, okay, like who is this kid? Like I'm here, here and like I can just shit on Noah all, all the time, right? And I'm, so, so I'm assuming you have some friends like that who you, you shit on like, what, what are you doing that's not professional? Like, what's the thing that you do that, like, maybe you don't talk about too much? Because everything I've seen so far is right by the book, blinders on. I'm going to focus on tennis. Do you, do you relax? What are those things that you do to kind of get away from the sport? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I definitely think that it's important. I don't, like, I don't, like, just sit there and constantly think about it. You definitely have to relax your mind off it, like, outside of the trainings and the, and the hits. Like, usually I'll... I don't know. I'll watch movies. I mean, obviously like at home, if I'm home, I do things like just play the piano, just sort of get out, like just go, 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 rip, you know, nature, just go out. Those things just really, really just things like that or hang out with the, you know, the few friends back home and just, this things like this. Cause so I don't, cause then you'd be more stressed if you keep your mind on it constantly. But, but when I, when I'm focused on those things, I, I just, I really lock in and just stay really focused on it. Not like a Call of Duty, FIFA kind of a person, anything like that? No, no video games. Nope. Really? I don't like, I like, I like music a lot too. I like, uh, I like listening to a lot of different music. I'd say rock's my favorite, but just, just, yeah. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't, I've never played video games really. So I, I like, my mind is blown uh, again as the old person here <laughs> because I find myself just think like, how is somebody who's 20 not playing video? Like, I, I don't even know yeah. how that's possible nowadays. I just feel like I'm really dedicated to the push to the top. I, I respect that. And if you have any ways of, of teaching that to my friend Noah here, um, just to get him back to the level where he's able to, you know, actually win some of those matches again. I Too, too much? <laughs> yes, please. Just, just please text me. No, this is M. Jensen. You probably haven't listened to any of our podcasts, but I have very low self-esteem after about it's, a year. It's mostly know, because of me. It's mostly because of me. Right. From the old bald man that I listened yeah, to. Yeah, I know. So so what let, let's just let's finish it here. What do you remember of that match against Noah a, a few years ago? Um and and what are what are your thoughts of those early challengers and what you remember specifically about that match and and how it's translated now? Yeah, I I was I just remember I was excited to have those opportunities at a young age to see where I was at. I remembered uh I remembered I was I was a small guy for a long while, not really not that physical. I remember. Uh, I remember Noah was running me around a lot, and I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's just moving me, he's pushing me." Then, uh, but no, I remember my my. I think my best match at a young age in a challenger. I, I forgot if it was like fifteen or sixteen. I played Trunjaliti in the mm-hmm. polys, and I I almost won. I like took him to three. That was really one where I was like, like I even surprised myself when I was that young. I was like, "Wow, you know, like I, like uh, my level is not 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 far off at all. It's right there with the best." I think. 
then. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember how many, like how many matches I played or how many chances I had at then, but I, I know I, I try to take advantage of them all. Thank um, you so much, Jensen. No, we really yeah. appreciate your time and uh, yeah, best of luck in your next, next tournament. Of course. Yeah. Thanks. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.